Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to Raw tonight and all the fallouts from hell in a cell. What did you make of last night, Sidge? Oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> so I know you'll have to bleep that out, Will Bourne. It's very early in the podcast, so yeah, it should fine. be easy to catch, but I was <laughs> bored. Shitless. Chronologically, we run through this card. And to be honest, I sh- I'll talk at reasonable length because, I mean... There's now to preview on Raw, and it's fair enough. It's after a, it's after a pay per view. I'll let them off just this once. The highlight was the first match, which is uh, never good. In fact, it's the opposite of good because if you're going to build a card, you should probably want it to peak at the end, <laughs> not, not at the beginning. I understand WWE and AEW's way of doing things is such that there's always going to be one match that's really good on paper that the reaction is affected adversely by the fact that they always put a banger or two on the undercard. Mm. It's a uniquely American way of doing it. And I really hope AEW disrupts that pattern and just borrows the perfect, robust, foolproof New Japan pattern where you get that exponential spike of excitement. Um, WWE does not do that. I don't expect them to do that. They're incompetent. But, you know, at least we've got one really good match. What I liked about Bianca Belair versus Bailey, right? But the match at WrestleMania Backlash, which was like WrestleMania 17 compared to this, truly. I quite enjoyed WrestleMania Backlash for the most part. Um, the Hell in Cell was rubbish. This match, however, was good. You can't have a bloodbath. So if you can't have a bloodbath, you might as well make it creative and make use of your environment. I figured that Bailey probably does a little bit too much on the strength of her two Hell in a Cell matches, but it's better than just having a plunder ball in a cage. Like, you're just trying to think about it. Maybe too much, but in this company, I'll value any creativity where I can get it. What I liked about this match is that it effectively built Bianca Belair as, like, a good baby face. Yeah. With his support. 
She had raw power and agility early on. Um, she matched Bailey's veteran instincts by doing some witty cutoff spots. And then when Bailey just decided to cheat and bite her arm, which I thought was funny, <laughs> she just threw down and got pissed off and just fought through with guts. A really good babyface performance from a company that I can't book them. So for me, that excused some of the cuteness of the Hell in a Cell. You don't, you don't want the word cute anywhere near that gimmick. No. You want like a terrifying bloodbath with crazy stunts and like really physical action. So they get cute, but if cute is creative in WWE these days, Jesus Christ, I'll accept the bar. Here's my big takeaway. I was from the pay-per-view itself. I was really bored. Mm. I was really bored. And even though I'm trying to, I'm trying to resolve myself to not do this anymore. I was prepared to get annoyed by what other people thought of this. And I didn't see anyone realistically. There were some review sites that I checked that were quite generous, but I don't really see anyone say, hmm, Cesaro and Seth Rollins was good. Pass it on. <laughs> Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. A good wrestlers. Pass that one on. I didn't really get any of that, thank God, because I thought both matches were gentlemen's threes. Mm. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins was so dull, so drab. Like, as I wrote in my star ratings review, which incidentally you can um, read on whatculture.com slash WWE right now or imminently, um, it was just the most uninspiring and drab version of a match that you knew objectively was technically very well worked, mm. but I just couldn't care about it. The Thunderdome gets worse with every single show, especially now that we've seen the wonderful euphoric alternative to it. And I include WrestleMania night one and AEW double or nothing in that. Mm-hmm. So the Thunderdome sucks. The pacing of the match sucked. The WWE rhythm and style was so apparent here where it wasn't at WrestleMania. I just thought it was a match that I didn't really want to see. It was a stole one finish on a night full of absolutely inconclusive finishes. The worst thing about this bloody show, not only did it have more WrestleMania rematches than WrestleMania backlash, <laughs> but in two of the matches, the results were reversed. Mm-hmm. So you've gone 50-50 to finish matches that were in themselves diminished returns from superior matches that you've literally seen live two months ago in front of fans. Like, why would anyone want to see this? Why would anyone praise inferior, like, slower matches with rubbish finishes? Sami Zayn's such a loser. I love him as a performer, but his character is such a loser that when he beat Kevin Owens with his finish, it was so anticlimactic. I think everyone had the same prevailing of, oh, that was the finish. Oh, yeah. it should be, but, you know, didn't feel like one. I thought Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, it was boring. Shayna Baszler versus Alexa Bliss, like, it, it, yeah, again, what they do is, I was more insulted by something that happened within the match itself than I was by the finish and the hypnosis stuff. I'm used to that. It's rubbish. Supernatural stuff is the norm. I was more annoyed by the idea that in order to try and convey Alexa Bliss, it's like this otherworldly, invincible, supernatural threat. Like Shayna Baszler was trying to do the um, joint manipulation mm. and like uh, arms would goo. And for something that was terrible... Had they not done this before, this would have been like a pretty cool spot mm. using um, Alexa's hypermobility to try and convey her as a supernatural threat that no matter how much you twist and turn her, like you can't hurt her. The problem is this is already in canon as something she has because she once used it as a heel ruse. Like, I know this is something she has. It's not a supernatural power. Do not try and sell me it as a supernatural power because I know it's bollocks. Mm. Don't insult my intelligence. So that pissed me off. The finish 
was funny. I thought it was one of those where, I mean, I, I was sending this on the stream last night. I've shot a video a few days ago about like the stupidest things wrestlers have done in 2021. And uh, obviously the Alexa Shana stuff's in there. There's a three-parter about Charlotte, Rhea and Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross, who was not mentioned whatsoever in that build. He just pretended like the whole beat the clock challenges just haven't occurred. But going into this, I was I was recording it and it was one of those where obviously the way we work sometimes that video could have gone out on Friday or it could go out today or it could go out in a week's time. So I sort of caveat saying I'm recording this before Hell in a Cell. So who knows? Maybe they'll recover this. Oh, who am I kidding? Sort of thing, because I knew exactly what was going to happen. I'd say I was less annoyed by, like you say, hypnosis and night. I mean, to be honest, one of my highlights of the night outside of Bianca Belair and Bailey was Nia Jax being, like you say, hypnotized to go like that was good. Not not actually good, but funny in my book. I was far, far, far more annoyed with Charlotte and Rhea, which just has to roll on. And I've, I've got questions about what happens next. So I'll save that for when we look ahead to Raw. But my God, uh, I saw a, a thing on the news today with uh, with Andy and, and Nicholas about like, did they execute a double turn last night? I was like, from what to what? Like, I know. I'm pointing this out. And I know I can't really hear the reaction or the commentary generally when we're doing the stream. But even Phil and I picked up on the fact that in a controlled environment for Charlotte and Rhea, your two huge stars battling for the Royal Women's Championship, they got indifferent crowd.wav for both of them. It wasn't even like they went, this is the heel, this is the babyface. I know, you know, they're not received that way and they don't act that way. But for our virtual crowd, it's this and this. No idea. But <laughs> I'd love to know your thoughts on uh, Rhea Ripley outsmarting Charlotte. Lesson two. <laughs> I mean, before we get to that match, just one more thing on Alexa Bliss versus uh, Shayna Baszler. Is Alexa Bliss Cristiano Ronaldo? <laughs> oh, she had the celebration? That's a look Aqua! That's what she'll be doing next. Um, try some of her non-fans need to hose themselves with their cold water, so maybe there's a lore of Cristiano Ronaldo there. Who's um, cheaper on Cameo? Child Alexa Bliss or Cristiano Ronaldo? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, if if Cristiano Ronaldo's not charging more than that, then quite he's not quite the savvy marketer that he's built himself to be. Re-Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. We've, we say it on the Raw Review all the time. I find that far more offensive than Bruce Pritchard gets his jollies to Alexa Bliss doing Papa Shanko. Like, mm. at least one has got this stupid idea in itself that the supernatural belongs in WWE. I don't think it does. You can read an editorial of mine arguing that it does not belong. It's called It's Official. The Supernatural has no business in WWE or does not belong in WWE. Like Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair is two really unlikable people. Like Charlotte Flair cheated bef- like to get the match off to a start. Uh-huh. She distracted the ref and tried to nail Rhea Ripley with the belt. So she was a heel. Rhea Ripley is a heel because she is cheating, she's stalling, she is ducking out the match by effectively taking the dive um, by 
lobbing a bit of table off Charlotte Flair's head, which didn't look like it hurt at all. No. Looks like it hurts most and is the same weapon that Rhea Ripley used for which she was disqualified. I've been watching Randy Orton too long. I've been watching Randy Orton for 21 years. Coming up, 21 years, right? Not nearly 20 years, sorry. 19 years. Like 19 years. And more often than not, in every single Randy Orton match, and I've seen far too many to live a functional life. <laughs> being too many go to shrink. Well, oh, why such an angry little bit of bastard, Sidgwick? Well, you know, I've been watching Randy Orton for 19 years. All right, okay, that's fine. Prozac. <laughs> In every other Randy Orton match, or, you know, most Randy Orton matches, I don't know when he started doing the spot, but it, it's at least a decade ago. He backbody drops people onto a table mm-hmm. in the course of a normal match. And that looks like it hurts more. It's the same weapon. And he doesn't get disqualified. They've just got contempt for you. So not only is your intelligence insulted, not only is there literally no one to root for because it's a match between two unlikable tossers, it seems like, gauging by the finish, they want you to like Charlotte Flair more, incredibly, considering how much people do not want to cheer for her, evidently. It must continue. Like the worst, like what else they're going to do? Oh, I think they're really going to build up this challenge. This doesn't happen like that. No. That sucked. What else is on this suck show? Well, it's just also the quickly a point of that the argument is Rhea Ripley did what she had to do. She realized she was in a bad situation. She had her leg hurt by Charlotte kicking the stairs next to her leg by the view that I got, not actually kicking her leg into it, but still. And then she hit with a riptide afterwards. So it was fine, turns out. Main event is the last thing you're going to cover. And then we'll look forward to how this plays out on Raw. Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre. You know, they beat the piss out of each other. We've all seen the images of Drew McIntyre's back. And, I, you know, for the most part, I did enjoy, you know, a, a hard-hitting Hell in a Cell match. This was better than Randy versus Drew for me last year. But at the end of the day... In a week's time, all I'm going to remember is, yeah, they twatted each other with kendo sticks and they took big bumps into the cell and the steps and what have you. But he got in with a handful of tights on a roll-up after MVP interfered. That's all I take away from this. I mean, what an absolute waste of time. What an incredibly painful waste of time. The thing about the match is that the match was structured to layer and layer and layer the sympathy on Drew McIntyre. I think this is expressed quite nicely in the match itself. Like I really like the spot that used the actual environment of the cell and didn't just put loads of ladders and tables and kendo sticks and chairs in there. Bobby Lashley trapped McIntyre behind a kendo stick. He could have ducked, but you know he was weakened. Bit of bit of suspension of disbelief. Yeah, it was a long way when they're working this hard. He trapped McIntyre behind a kendo stick. He just pummeled him with body shots. Oh, it looks like he's really getting hurt there. This is a match that is very, very insistently trying to portray Drew McIntyre as a defined badass who's going to take all this punishment and keep fighting. And if you look at this absolute state of his back just for a roll-up, I mean, every single week or month, this company gives you a microcosm of how bad it is. A very crucial reminder to people who are on the fence. If You know what? 
don't bother watching this. We will tell you every single reason, every single week, why you shouldn't do it. A, a roll-up, like he took a beating man, an absolute beating, and any notion that you come away from that match thinking, right, okay, Drew's not the champ anymore, but what an effort. Like, you can't not respect them coming out of that. All of that's washed away because all you can think about was how cheap the booking is, how nonsensical the booking is, how anticlimactic the booking is. It's just bathos. It really is. There's no way you can come away from that match respecting Drew McIntyre, even though you should look at his back. You're just going to get pissed off with the booking. It's absolutely atrocious. The guy's put himself through hell just to get buried. Like, he's almost pitiable. You don't want to pity mm. a guy of Drew McIntyre's star aura, his size. But you come out of it just feeling sorry for him because he's just another mark doing this for this company. Like, he's got a bit of stroke now. Could he not have said, like, look, look at the amount of kendo stick shots I'm scheduled to take in this match. Like, if you're going to beat us, beat us. Like, mm. I'd rather lose cleanly considering I've already lost cleanly the last week before because I trust the audience enough to receive me as having a, just endured a warrior performance and lost the title like a man on my own back. Instead, and I understand they're probably going to do some gentleman's through with Drew McIntyre and MVP. That's going to suck. But the analogy I made in the article, um, seven match star ratings for Hell in a Cell 2021, which you can read now or imminently on moreculture.com slash WWE, is it's the old analogy of the Sisyphean task where you are doing something incredible that will not be rewarded. You're using all of your might, mm. all of your resolve to push a rock up a mountain and it's just going to fall back on you. The difference with Drew McIntyre is not only is it pointless, but it's incredibly painful. So what he's doing is he's taking bumps on that rock <laughs> and then he's pushing it up the mountain and then it's rolling back down on him. Like a roll-up. In a Hell in a Cell match. In the I'm main event. In the main event. I'm not surprised. That's the thing. Like people, I just, I'm a husk. That's just numb to this. And I see people complain. Like, How could they do this? And it's, it's the questions that I see on Twitter. The rhetorical questions just kind of piss me off. Like, how could they do this? Why did they do this? It's because Vince McMahon's got super brains. And this isn't a pro wrestling company that's interested in doing things that a good pro wrestling company does. Like... Ah, God, raw. I might take tomorrow off. <laughs> I, might, I might honestly eat some raw chicken. I'll lose a little bit of weight and I'll have to take a day off and not watch raw. I'm going to eat some raw chicken tonight. No, no, you are, you're better than that, Michael Sidgwick. What you're going to do is you're going to go home and you're going to get the missus to make you some chicken, medium rare. That's the way we do it. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put it in a blender, man. <laughs> and hold my nose and keep it down wait for the bacteria to overcome my system and just vomit just vomit lose a bit of the weight that I just can't shake now that I'm too busy and I'm in my 30s lose the weight purge miss raw happier than I've ever been I'll be hey everyone I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Well, let's look ahead to Monday Night Raw <laughs> And, uh, well, the big thing everyone, of course, is looking forward to off the back of Hell in a Cell is what on earth is going on with Natalia Tamina, Mandy Rose, and Dana Brooke. I mean, that kickoff match. Hello, sleeper. Hit anyone. Natalia still got the sharpshooter on for some reason. Anyway, we're not talking about that, obviously. We're talking about the WWE Championship. Because like you say... Phil and I were doing the stream, and in three seconds after that match finished, we'd had a finish booked bear. Like, you want to keep it simple? MVP holds his leg. Drew McIntyre fights him off, turns around into a spear. One, two, three. You want to do a bit more of, like, smarter booking or, like, acknowledging what's gone on in the match? For whatever reason, the, the turnbuckle pad's taken off, and not only is Drew McIntyre speared, he's speared into the turnbuckle, already hurting that already damaged back and then maybe also Bobby Lashley grabs the ropes just to really rub it in regardless Bobby Lashley's champion Drew McIntyre is not MVP and Bobby are tweeting like ha 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 stay mad cry laugh emoji sort of thing so they are inevitably seemingly Sid's going to have some sort of championship celebration and of course rejoice in the fact that Drew McIntyre can never challenge for the WWE championship again whilst Lashley is champion we'll come to Drew in a second who is next for Bobby Lashley? We're heading towards Money in the Bank. We're heading towards a show where someone will challenge that title, almost inevitably lose, I would say, but have to be well-received as a, as a babyface challenger in front of fans. Like, I know it's me potentially dreaming here, but surely something like Xavier Woods challenging Bobby Lashley or Kofi challenging, that seems the right direction. Or it seems like the only direction. They haven't really got anyone else interacting with him at the moment. Uh, no, but to their credit, they have actually been building Kofi Kingston versus Bobby Lashley. Um, and it's got a number of storyline ramifications. Like This is one of the few things on Raw, if not the only thing that I've kind of watched over the past two or three weeks and thought, this is an interesting development with like wide-ranging storyline implications. And the performances on top of that, which is more important, have been 
genuinely remarkably good by WWE scripting standards. There's been a little bit of subtlety to the right and um, MVP. Like, I think it's a misnomer. That is a great promo. He's something that's called a great promo on a squared circle. Like, what matches he ever really build for you? He's not promoting anything. He is simply delivering WWE verbiage well, which in itself is almost as impressive as being a great wrestling promo. <laughs> if you ask yeah. me, his manner, his manipulative manner and his delivery has been excellent. Kofi Kingston has got this wonderful, like unanimously good babyface quality to him. He can get away with saying rubbish lines, but increasingly and tellingly, he's been, you know, playing it seriously and he just comes across as a legitimately earnest um, guy whose word he can take. So that's the direction for me, Lashley versus Kingston. Um, they've been building it. There are interesting stakes and dramatic possibilities they can take. Now that I've done the worst thing you could possibly do, and that is praise WWE for something, I will get be, uh, bitten in the arse. And what will happen is that Xavier Woods will attempt to interfere with his trumpet and the New Day will split up. because Not because there's been an interesting story told about what Kofi Kingston wants to actually, actually achieve, but because his mate is an idiot, just like every WWE baby face. That's the reason why I said Xavier Woods' name ahead of Kofi. Kofi's the obvious route to go down uh, and and inevitably would, would be the perfect babyface heel dynamic and the, the you know, seemingly inevitable reaction uh, for both men and result for, for fans to appreciate but we're going to be in the midst of lots of exciting stuff happening, Brock Lesnar, etc. A lot of people anticipating huge, huge returns in the coming months. So you just want, yeah, a, a valiant loser, and Kofi you know, ticks that box without a question. But, no yeah. such thing as a valiant loser, though, as the, they have to be protected. Well, this is the thing is, I was saying, like, if they, they, I could easily see WWE saying we're going to have a, a number one contenders match and Xavier winning it, and Kofi suddenly looking, looking sideways at him and completely negating uh, all that he said about like, no, we're, we're a family here and we support each other, whatever challenges that they have. But yeah, I think Kofi obviously is the, is the natural route to go down and, and maybe even in the builds, Drew McIntyre interferes and Kofi, because he's such a valiant baby face says, I don't want to win this by like you coming down and attacking Bobby Lashley mid match at money in the bank. So I can just steal one, even though that's mm. the he's playbook for the most part. And yeah, acknowledge the fact that, you know, Drew sat there going, well, so long as he's champion, anyone else being champion, I could potentially challenge for. So I'm going to help anyone against Bobby Lashley, of course. But Kofi doesn't want to do it like that. But it does seem the, the, like the logical way to go. Um, and it's going to be intriguing to see uh, Bobby Lashley further have to rely upon people like MVP and shenanigans and cutting corners when he murdered The Miz to win this sodding championship just months ago. Yeah. Um, it's cruelly interesting, I would say. It's cruel how well this has been teased thus far because they will ruin absolutely everything. Um, but you know, we'll get there when we come to it. Yeah. Um, in terms of Drew McIntyre, just to gauge what I saw on social media, and there's going to be a question coming in a few minutes that I'd like to place all the blame on social media for. I saw people, like you say, bemoaning Drew McIntyre's 
state of affairs in WWE now and then saying, well, we just need to give them the money in the bank briefcase now, which just frustrated me because, uh, yes, obviously that would be a, a way to be like, well, he can't challenge the WWE Championship unless he's got the briefcase and then he can cash in immediately on the night on money in the bank. And, you know, even Hamlet has been suggesting um, that a cash in on the night in money in the bank could well be quite feasible. But I just feel like that should be there to, as it was initially, elevate a mid-carder or someone slightly more overlooked by WWE into the title picture, not rehabilitate someone who, you know, has been in and around that title picture. And yes, has been the, the you know, the talisman of this company during the ongoing global bastard. But it's kind of grown a bit tired, just him back and forth with Bobby Lashley. And even when you put him Brock into that mix, it just feels like, we're going over old ground again. Yes. In terms of what next for Drew McIntyre, look, here's the thing. Technically, should he win the Money in the Bank briefcase, then yes, he has earned the right. He's not going to cheat to win it in this mooted scenario. He will have technically earned the right, you know, in a hard match to challenge the title. But because of the prior stipulation, it will just, again, WWE will invite yet more ridicule on themselves. They will destroy the fact that not that there's any trust in this process or them upholding their stipulations, but it will just erode that further because it will make the events of this month, like the month before, completely pointless if he wins it. And people will deflect that onto Drew. This is a company of fans that when the fans turn up to the arenas, that modern day Vince McMahon who's been pissing them off, I would say, since 2011. We are coming up to the, the bloody 10-year um, anniversary of the first time WWE literally told you to fuck off. That's going to be <laughs> interesting content-wise. Um, so piss the fans off. The fans will direct that annoyance to Drew McIntyre because there are a weird bunch of drones who will cheer Vince McMahon even though he's the source of all their ranting on socials it'll just deflect on to drew it'll render this month's stipulation meaningless but they're all meaningless so who really cares um i think drew hopefully he still has juice as a main event level talent so i like his bangers when they're not totally overthought and booked but he could probably be preoccupied in the grudge match arena and um, for the foreseeable can he feel that Wilborn? it's a monkey's paw curling They'll probably do the gender match soon, which I, I can't wait for. Like, I can't wait for the people to say, yeah, man, such a good story here. Oh, they're both in a rubbish faction. Yeah. They're and both in a rubbish faction, and that's it. You mentioned as well earlier at the time of recording, obviously nothing really has been advertised uh, for, for tonight's show. So if you've got three hours to kill on a Monday, two hours to kill on a Friday... You know, as much as I enjoy all the Roman Usos stuff, there's yeah. some gaps in that show that does, you know, you can't just overlook that. Why not have bloody qualifiers for money in the bank? Because it's a golden opportunity. Yes, it's an opportunity to get an opportunity to get a money in the bank opportunity. But yeah, it shouldn't just be, oh, randomly, uh, you, you and you, uh, you're in the, you're in the uh, money in the bank briefcase match. It should be people who people can get invested in. Should we, yeah, I should start that. It always amazes me when you see how creatively bankrupt WWE are 
not particularly inspired in the storytelling. You see so many of the same matches. It's just such heartless, heartless, dispassionate churn. If I'm a writer for that company, or if I'm Vince and I'm thinking, oh, I've got any ideas, me. Even I'm bored of seeing Drew versus uh, Lashley. I go, oh my God, we've got this coming up. Oh my God, I can just hire Chad Gable in a 15-minute match. Easy money, easy ratings, mm. and easy acclaim. Like, I just don't understand why they don't do it. So yes, they should do this for every single thing, for Money in the Bank, for Royal Rumble, everything that like random people go into, like just gobble up TV time with good matches. Like even I wouldn't complain about that. I mean, I probably would, but many wouldn't. Yeah. Well, um, we, one of the few things we know to look forward to tonight, look forward to maybe a bit of an stretch to expect. Yeah, probably. I don't even know what you're talking about. And I know what it is. Is the face of Monday Night Raw stepping into the ring? Eva Marie has tweeted, "Tune in tonight to see that." Does that mean her? Because it wasn't her last week. It was. Piper Niven or Dewdrop or uh, whatever they're bloody calling her. What do you reckon Eva Marie does tonight? And do we finally get introduced to Viper, Piper, Dewdrop, Niven? Well, who won the match last week? Well, technically, it, it was announced as Eva Marie, but yeah, Piper Niven won. She squashed Naomi in two minutes, didn't she? Eva Marie won, so that's the bit. That's the bit. Eva Marie is not going to wrestle a match on Raw tonight. Eva Marie is working a gimmick wherein she pays Dewdrop to sign away all her victories and in the record in the ranking system, the famous WWE ranking system that is <laughs> a thing that exists and is like adhered to religiously. Um, all of her victories, all of which means something, will be conducted by Dewdrop and signed over in some kind of agreement to Eva Marie. Maybe they can do some kind of match when that one eventually goes to a one-on-one match between Dewdrop and even Marie down the line. Maybe they can do some kind of stipulation where, right, okay, if I win this, Eva, all of the victories I've worked hard for in your name will be transferred over to me, Dewdrop. <laughs> and Eva Marie will go, no. And then Alan Pierce will go, mm, yeah, go on, do that. And then they'll be transferred over to Dewdrop and she'll be, you know, she'll not be doing anything because that's how these things work. Oh, you just got 10 wins, right? You're number one contender or you're just going to drop off the face of the earth. Ah, that's what you'll do. That's what you'll do. <laughs> also, that was a, a very worryingly accurate version of the no from the get out my car video. Uh, get me out of my car, Vine. I'm driving mum's car, room. <laughs> Get out of my car. No. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I've come to that point that I've been warning you about a lot. I'm going to ask you a question, and I'd like you to know this does not come from me. This comes from social media, because I glanced at it yesterday and then nearly threw my phone across the room where the amount of people were there going, I think it's time for Alexa to get a title shot now. She can hypnotise people. This isn't right. But like we say, things are rolling on with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. And Nikki Cross presumably has a claim to fighting them, both of them because she said, I've got next because I can beat both of you and pointless beat the clock challenges that don't even get referenced on pay-per-view. So could spooky, spooky Alexa Bliss get a title shot or is she going to do some 
guff with Nikki to keep her busy until SummerSlam or something. Well, Wilborn, you can't save you. We've got to save something for the road, you know? <laughs> That's where we're all at, apparently. Like, yeah, man, I buried dynamite on Friday. And like, I can't win. I mean, the two biased are too nice. Then when they do a pretty bad show, and I say, oh, no, it's a pretty bad show, people go, oh, God, it's weird. They're saving it for the road. And I'm thinking, well, they, they don't have to do bad things. They can do mediocre, missable stuff as long as it's all right and sensible and like not lame. But they're saving the Alexa Bliss push for the for the fans and the suits, brother. Like That's what they're doing. So I expect more developments with Nia Jax. I expect Alexa Bliss to go to the title picture July at the earliest. Oh, God. So what do they do tonight with... Charlotte and Rhea. Is there going to be a whole lot more talking then? Two people promos and they don't know who the baby face is. Loads of detestable talking. Charlotte Flair can screech in a promo that presumably is meant to be written on behalf of a baby face, but the performance is just so uniquely Charlotte Flair that you can never tell. And Rhea Ripley will come out, finger on the nose, wiggly fingers, na 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 na, which is not a joke. She's done that before. Na 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 na. I'm just copying from the best. I'm studying under your learning tree, Charlotte Flair. Isn't that what, like, something like that? Like, she said it last night. It cut to her on the ramp and she went, what you do, Queenie. Yes. So that'll be be repeated. And um, yep, that exposition will be screamed in your face. Can Can you say what she said again? I'm only doing what you do, Queenie. (laughs) Yes, quite. So. Yeah, there we go. Monday Night Raw to look forward to, question mark, tonight. Well, the Raw review to look forward to tomorrow, at least. Subscribe to What Cool Dressing uh, to make sure you receive that. Uh, and let us know what you'd like us to watch instead of, oh, we're going to be sporting for choice tomorrow. Some god-awful Monday Night Raw segment. Subscribe to What Cool Dressing. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related for our five-star review review tomorrow. And let us know your thoughts ahead of Raw tonight and all the fallout from Hell in a Cell on Twitter at WhatCulture. WWE watch that you can follow both of us you can follow Michael Sidgwick at um, Sidgwick follow me at Adam Wilborn follow us all at What Culture WWE of course uh, and as I said make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for daily wrestling podcasts including it's very delayed but we'll get there eventually our AEW Dynamite review we're getting around to it it's coming out tomorrow along with the Raw review and the NXT preview of course tomorrow as well but this has been the Raw preview my thanks to Michael Sidgwick thank you for joining us and we will see you soon <laughs>